0: Hello and welcome to our For Yoga Teachers podcast. This podcast has been created to help yoga teachers teach with passion, avoid burnout and earn a fair living. You have worked so hard to get your yoga teacher training certification. You've built up a following, you've got teaching experience, you've maybe even built up some confidence... And now feels like the perfect time to start teaching your own classes, and it's really exciting. You've got some mats, you've got a space that you've found, and it's perfect, and you can't wait. But, oh wait, people are asking how much your classes will be, and you just don't know where to start. Does that sound familiar? If so, don't worry. By the end of this episode you'll have a foolproof plan of action to set your prices for your yoga classes. In short there's two ways that you can approach the pricing of your yoga classes. One to research what those around you are charging and price accordingly or two charge what you need to in order to cover your costs and to make a fair living. Both of these approaches have their advantages and their disadvantages so let's break each approach down and you can decide which will work best for you. If you're on the move don't worry at all about taking notes because all of the important information and your action steps are recapped in our worksheet. Just go to foryogateachers.co.uk forward slash podcast 31 for your copy. What to charge for your yoga classes in line with other offerings in your area or in your field of knowledge. This is pretty straightforward in theory. (laughs) I talked about this in how to create your yoga brand masterclass, conducting a competitor review and how it can be really 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 helpful but it can also be really 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 risky in terms of your focus your time and triggering compare and despair. In how to create your yoga brand I mentioned that I don't specifically refer to this exercise as a competitor review because I do truly believe as yoga teachers we can work together more And that your background and your passions in yoga and in life and your knowledge is a really unique combination that no one else will have. So less competition and more working together. However, the reality is that it is called a competitor review. So to set about doing a competitor review, this is in a holly way rather than some in official business Running way that's like taught in business school, <laughs> for example, just in case you're wondering, the first step is to create a log sheet for your findings. There's an example of a log sheet in your worksheet, but in essence, you just want to be ready to log your findings in a way that will make sense to future you so that you can hit the ground running. Something like logging the company or the teacher name, the price of course the length of the class and anything else notable. Set a timer. Setting a timer in theory stops you falling down the rabbit hole and spending too much of your valuable time on this exercise. How long your timer is set for depends on how much time you have free and how important it is to you. If you're not sure just start with 20 minutes. Stay focused. The point of this research task is to determine how much other yoga studios, other yoga teachers, other leisure centers, etc. charge for yoga classes and that's it. I'm saying this because as you start to look at websites, Instagram accounts, newsletters, etc. you might see a title for a workshop that reminds you of a workshop you wanted to run a while ago. Or you might think their imagery is really, really lovely, or this, or that, or the other. My advice here would be that if there's something you know you really, really want to remember, write it down quickly in a way that'll jog your memory, or copy and paste a link into a document, and then get back on with the task in hand. Think tapas from the niyamas, think discipline, disciplined with yourself this is really important. Remember you are only conducting research on pricing, nothing else. Review and conclude. Once your timer goes off that's it. Do a quick scan to ensure that your findings make sense and then stop. Stop the research. You can always come back to it at a future date. And now it's time to take a look over your findings. Remember, people will pay more for something that's longer in a really lovely or a unique space that's taught by someone who has a depth of knowledge in the field and is known for that, or a combination of those things. Line up the prices from the lowest to the highest, for example, pop some notes against each price, and then take a step back. Review the prices against where you'll be teaching, how long your classes are and your depth of knowledge in the field and use this to determine a price that fits nicely with the rest of the research. The advantages of this approach are that you'll be confident in your pricing without worrying that you wildly overpriced or underpriced because you've done your thorough research. The disadvantages however are that you haven't taken into account your costs, including things like hiring the space, purchasing equipment if needed, getting to the space, promoting your classes and ongoing things like insurance, trainings, music, software, never mind all of the costs of just being alive. (laughs) Which brings us on to... what to charge for your yoga classes to ensure you earn a living. Again, in theory, this is pretty straightforward. It's a case of totting up your earnings and ensuring that the income from your classes covers the outgoings. To price your yoga classes using this approach, you need a very, very, very clear picture of exactly how much you spend. If you have a full-time job or a part-time job, This might cover your cost of living and so that might not be a consideration here but if you're a full-time yoga teacher your yoga teaching needs to cover all your living costs. You're probably aware of things like rent or mortgage, council tax, food etc but what about the cost of if your boiler breaks? What about insuring your car, servicing your car and getting an MOT? Getting your haircut, getting a pedicure, paying your TV license. If you don't earn that money through yoga, you won't be able to pay those bills. The good news is we have a very exciting spreadsheet <laughs> ready for you to populate with all your costs, those that you are probably acutely aware of and those that you might not have thought about it too. You can thank me later. <laughs> Once you've completed the spreadsheet the formulas will work out what you need to earn and once you have that very important figure you can divide that by how many classes you teach and how many people usually come or how many people you predict will come and then you set the price from there. You can probably guess the advantages and disadvantages of this approach. The advantages being that you know you're earning a living And so the stress of whether you'll be able to pay the bills or not is removed. I just can't recommend this enough. But the disadvantages are that the price might be much higher or lower than the offerings around you. And so that brings us on to combining the two approaches to decide what to charge for your yoga classes. This is potentially a lot of work, but once it's done, it's simply a case of revisiting the key points once a year or more often if you have the time to have a price instructor that you really stand by. To combine these two powerful approaches, first start with the research, find a price that feels right based on your findings, then complete the spreadsheets of outgoings for the year and check that your price covers your outgoings. If it doesn't, you'll either need to teach more or put your price up, or both. Covering a deficit by teaching more. Needless to say, the considerations here are around your time, your energy, and your well-being. In my humble experience, yoga teachers tend to put a low value on their time, and will take on teaching another weekly class without duly considering the impact on their well-being, their time, and their energy levels. Taking on another weekly yoga class should always be seriously considered, rather than thinking, well, it's just one more hour a week. Factor in being there 15 minutes before and 15 minutes after the class, so that's already an hour and a half, not just one hour. Then in your travel time, even if the studio is just 15 minutes away, that's still another half hour travel time. So now it's two hours total for the class. If it's your own class, you'll need to factor in any extra admin for promoting and taking bookings for the class. If it's for a studio, I'm sure that they would appreciate your help promoting the class, hint, hint. <laughs> and you'll have a bit of extra admin adding the class into your invoice. And you might have a bit of extra class planning time too, so it's probably somewhere more like two and a half hours, maybe three hours of your time a week, not just one hour of teaching. Of course, options for teaching more aren't just limited to another weekly class. You could consider a workshop, a course or a retreat to generate the extra income. Listen to episode six, Sharing Your Yoga, for more inspiration on this. And once you're inspired and you have a bit of a plan, follow the steps listed earlier to research prices of similar offerings, cross-check that that will cover the deficit, and if so, you've got your plan. Go, go, go. Covering a deficit by increasing your prices. If you've chosen your price based on your research of similar offerings, putting your price up will most likely put your price above that of the competition for want of a better word. This is not necessarily a bad thing. It really isn't. You just need to be on board with charging more, not feeling bad about it. So what can you do, in inverted commas, to justify that extra investment? Some ideas here include you being really knowledgeable in your area or having some related background or experience for example. If you're teaching pregnancy yoga and you're a trained midwife or a trainee midwife that would be something that pregnant people may be willing to pay more for. Or if you're teaching yoga for runners and you've worked as a physio or a run coach etc again people may well be Willing to pay more. People may well be happy to pay more for a yoga session in a unique location, or if there's something else on offer as well, like cake <laughs> or networking. So, all that to say, if you want or you need to increase your prices above that of the competition, it is not a bad thing. Just make it clear to people what they're getting, whether that's extra knowledge, extra attention, an added service, and so on. So, yoga teachers there's your plan your foolproof plan for setting pricing that you can stand by let's just recap on those steps first of all do your research what are the prices of offerings that are similar create your log sheet ready set a timer and start your research without getting distracted by anything other than pricing information then complete your income and outgoing sheet it might be a bit of a snooze fest, but it's really important. There's just no way to be confident in your pricing if you aren't 100% totally concrete sure on the fact that those earnings will cover your outgoings. I promise you, yoga teacher, you need to do this. And then take the information from your research and from your income and outgoing sheet and compare them. Will the price that you've set set you up to pay your bills, feed yourself and have some leftover? If so, great. If not, you either need to teach more, put your prices up or both. Good luck yoga teacher and thank you for listening. If you'd share this episode with any other yoga teacher we'd be so grateful and don't forget you can get your worksheet from foryogateachers.co.uk forward slash podcast 31. And if you have a couple of minutes free, we'd be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And as always, happy teaching.